From the rugged desert outside Yuma, Arizona, this is Outpost Outspoken. Outpost Outspoken is the official podcast of U.S. Army Yuma Proving Ground, which conducts natural environment testing of military equipment in Arizona, Alaska, and the tropics. Welcome to Outpost Outspoken. I'm your host, Anna Henderson. Yuma Proving Ground has created a new directorate which focuses on helping the workforce. Workforce Development and STEM Outreach Manager Paula Bostwick-Rickcliffe joins me to talk about her role. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Anna. Before we get into your role at YPG, tell me about your impressive background. I feel like I have to start with that I'm a proud graduate of Yuma High, so go Crims. Graduated in 1988. And I had received my appointment to attend West Point, the United States Military Academy. So I went there four years and graduated in 1992, which that same day received my commission as an officer in the Army. So I started out as a second lieutenant, traveled to many places, and I was in the Army. I was a logistician. Specifically, I was in the Ordnance Corps. I led soldiers that did maintenance on everything that the Army had. I was in the military for eight years, and then I had started a family, and that's when uh, I decided to get out. I want to rewind a little bit, because you're leaving out a very important detail. Yuma Criminals Hall of Fame. That is like a big, tell me about that. Yes, I'm sorry, I did leave that out. I played a lot of sports for Yuma High, and I did play um, Division One fast pitch for West Point also for four years. So, like that's every ball player's dream is to play Division One uh, ball in college. So that was great. And when I returned to Yuma, I was nominated for the Yuma High Hall of Fame. So in 2017, I was inducted into the Yuma High Hall of Fame for the sports that I played there and then continuing my athletic and academic accomplishments. That's incredible. How was that ceremony? It was really great. And you know, at the time, my boss was Tina Manns, who was a former employee here. And she was actually able to attend. And also a coworker of mine, Sylvia Hughes, was there as well. So it was really great. I was honored. You also have another kind of uh, record or maybe history that you were involved in. Upon entering West Point, I was the first female from Yuma County to go to West Point. So uh, the governor, Rose Mofford at the time, came down and gave me an award at my high school. So that was kind of neat in front of my peers. You are incredible. That's why I was so excited to be able to talk to you because I know that you've done so much and you know, you see somebody walking down the hallway at work and you really don't know what has happened in their life and in their career. And I think you have so much to share. Now you're the workforce development coordinator and also STEM outreach coordinator and you work with gyms. So it's kind of like your job now to motivate people to do the best that they can. Absolutely, and I think it helps that I'm, I was a little bit homegrown here, so I feel a little bit passionate about uh, working with the local community as far as the outreach portion of my job and bringing the youth and helping them to see what they want to do in the future. I mean, that's our potential future workforce right there, some, some of those young individuals. So if we can influence them in a positive way, and show him what some of their opportunities for jobs someday could be that they can dream about, that's great. I get a lot of uh, uh, fulfillment from doing that for the local community. And it's uh, positive for YPG also to 
encourage youth to be educated and continue their education and uh, expose them to different opportunities. The workforce development portion of my job deals with our internal workforce. People are the number one priority for the military. And with that movement, Colonel McFall had promoted building a modernization program for our workforce to show the people that we want to get them the training that they need so that they have the skills to be competent at their job and do even more than what they're doing right now, which we're succeeding as a workforce, but we want our workforce to go, be able to go above and beyond. It just makes for a really well-rounded workforce. Absolutely, and that's what the program is all about, and I'm sure everyone's heard about MERGE. We'll start to spread the word so that the whole workforce understands the concept of it, but we just received our first funding for the program, so we have, it's over about 250 individuals that will be taking training with that funding that the uh, Colonel was able to get us. Paula, can you explain what the eMERGE program is? The eMERGE program is the employee modernization effort for the relevant growth and enrichment program that we established from the ground up because the, the Colonel wanted it to be created from the workforce for the workforce. And so it involved bringing in people from all the divisions to collaborate and create this program charter. And then um, we created priorities and we put all this stuff together. And what it is, is that it's a deliberate and purposeful strategic approach to modernizing the workforce. It allows us to use our resources in a strategic way more efficiently. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to hearing what the workforce has to say once they, once they learn that we, we are, you are a star, you're a history-making <laughs> star here. <laughs> well, thanks, Anna. I appreciate that. The Yuma Proving Ground Fire Department responds to emergencies on the installation as well as the outlining areas, including Hidden Shores, Martinez Lake, and Highway 95. The team is made up of skilled firefighters, EMTs, and paramedics. One of their members, Will Session, joins us. He was recently named the U.S. Army YPG Garrison Civilian of the Year. Will, what was your reaction to the award? Well, it was very humbling, very surprising. It's a very prestigious award and I'm very appreciative. I want to mention that you were also named Employee of the First Quarter in 2021 and the citation mentions that you volunteer with national charities. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's the uh, National Fallen Firefighter Foundation um, Everyone Goes Home program. There's five Arizona reps, state reps, and I'm one of them. So. It involves traveling around and volunteering. I volunteered in Scottsdale, man some booths over there, do some work. It, it highlights firefighter health and safety and issues that we deal with within our profession. You also had a hand in starting the Patriots run at YPG. Yeah, it was really a like grassroots effort for our first responders. Um, we deal with the three-legged stool of suicide, cancer, and substance abuse. So it's something we deal with constantly in PSD. So it's just a chance for us to kind of take some time out of our, our job and say, let's get together and do something. And it kind of just evolved with the backing of Colonel Murray and, uh, you know, just at the September timeframe. So we honor the 9-11 victims and with ours, it's just a chance to give back to the community, but really start at grassroots. We have the soldiers that take part in the community plus the first responders. So yeah, it's a really nice event. And it's fun for us because it's kind of a community risk reduction. We get out ahead of the runs, we get to meet people 
uh, other than Fire Prevention Week, we're out there, we can participate. It's, it's fun for me. You've been at YPG since 2005. Tell us a little bit about your um, career here. Oh, it's been great. I came from the Air Force. I was active duty Air Force, came overhead. Kind of open-minded with the Army, never really experienced the Army. It's been, it's been wonderful, you know, getting to attend, you know, the leadership school and residence school and Leavenworth and all the opportunities. Uh, just been really good so far. You had an opportunity to go overseas? Uh, yeah, I went over to Vicenza, Italy for a little bit, um, two years from 06 to 08 and came back. Good experience. Uh, it's just more and more experience, you know, and I, that's what I try to do with the with the training and the experience. You just, you can always improve and I just try to implement things here. So it's been pretty good. When I hear your name around YPG, it's always that you're involved in something. You have your hands in, in um, some kind of event planning, volunteering for some kind of charity. What other charities do you participate in? Sure, I try to do the uh, Special Forces Foundation, very special to me. However, our shift work, we work 48 on 48 off. So last year I had to take some leave, go attend the event you know, give money to the charity and then come back to work the same day. And I try to do the same thing with the Burn uh, Foundation one at Desert Hills. I'm part of the men's leagues there, so I try to do that as a hobby, but I try to incorporate the charities. It's really good events. Your team here at YPG does the 9-11 stair run, uh, which originally the team was going to San Diego, but logistics-wise, it, it became easier to do it here. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's a continuous uh, process of improving, I think. We had uh, some guys interested, and we spent our own money and got a hotel and went over to San Diego to do the stair climb a couple of years. So we kind of it, made it easier where we could support the 5K run and do our own thing here while we're honoring our members at um, LAF, the tower there. And it's been a success, you know, and it's, it helps our health and fitness. So, you know, very good, good stuff. Well, Will, it's always great to talk with YPG's extraordinary employees. Thank you for the work that you do here and for your time today. Ooh, thank you. Hello, I'm Mark Schauer. When Major Jeffrey Crispin originally joined the Army Reserves in the 1990s, his MOS was 88 Mike, a motor vehicle operator. Today, Crispin serves as YPG's Protestant chaplain. We spoke with Chaplain Crispin about how he received two callings and about the YPG chapel's importance to community life. Chaplain, thanks so much for being here today. My pleasure. Very few folks get the call to serve in a ministry and very few folks get the call to join the military. You've gotten both calls. How did that happen? I've taken the scenic route through life, and a part of that story is I spent three years with a children's musical theater group, uh, traveling all over the U.S., a little bit in Canada, a little bit in Eastern Europe, Belarus, Ukraine, and then working with those affected by the nuclear disaster of Chernobyl in the early 90s, or when I was there, and with refugees during the war in Bosnia. And so that kind of, I guess, gave me a sense of there was more than just the normal corporate life or, or whatever. Coming out of that, joined the Army Reserve, just money for college, you know, it's pre 9-11. And then through the course of my Army Reserves experience, even beginning at basic training, I had leaders that were going, hey, when are you gonna become a chaplain? And, um, but yet it persisted for the next six and a half years while I was kind of in process. And then 9-11 happened and then got mobilized for OIF. And so my wife and I had a chance to go serve at Fort Campbell as a mobilized reservist. Then at the end of that year, there was something called the Urbana Missions Conference. It takes place every three years. A lot of great speakers, a lot of like Christian nonprofits that come in and try and recruit college students. Through the course of that, one of the speakers said something that really jumped out and kind of got both my wife and I's attention. And she knew I had some 
sense of, I don't know if interest in, the, in chaplaincy is the right word, but a, a sense of, it was just kind of this recurring theme. But, and a speaker said something, just kind of a throwaway comment, something to the effect of, hey, maybe you're part of a, a group of people that really need the, the light of um, your faith to, to shine in, in that area. You know, you know the language, you know the culture, uh, maybe you should consider serving there. And so that night we went back to where we were staying and, hey, anything, anything stand out to you? And she's like, well, I never thought I'd say this, but I think maybe you need to look at, into this chaplaincy thing. And I was like, well, that's about what I was about to say. And the services you provide at the chapel, they're available to, to anybody associated with YPG, right? Correct. The guidance from the, the senior mission commander is, hey, if they're affiliated with YPG, you're their chaplain. Chaplains have um, confidential counseling, so we have no duty to warn. So somebody can literally come in and talk to me about anything, and it doesn't go anywhere. Um, if there's issues or concerns, that might be my new best friend for a while um, until I know that they're going to be safe, but I cannot report anything to anybody without their consent. So counseling, we have a lot of materials that have accumulated in the chapel over the years as far as books on, you know, finances and relationships and marriage and parenting, normal, real, day-to-day -day life kind of stuff. So we've got those available, um, continuing to work to find digital resources as well, because I know not as many people like books as they used to. You know, we have groups that, that come and meet there, whether that's, you know, ACS has, has come in and, and had some things in the chapel. The Girl Scouts meet on Monday nights every other week there. The chapel is one of the largest buildings on post, so we want to be there to serve the community. You know, faith-based is great. Absolutely, I'm, a, I'm an advocate for that, but if there's other things that we can do to help or serve, you know, our door's open as well. Chaplain, thanks so much for being here today. Absolutely, my pleasure. This has been Outpost Outspoken. Thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time from the Army's busiest test center.